Welcome to the Manor. Welcome to the trio of terrors, macabre manner of mead, metal, and mayhem. That's right. You heard me. Trio this what? time. <laughs> I'm, I'm James. I'm Jody. Or, or should I say I'm confused? <laughs> You're always confused. But with us today is our good ah. friend Sam that we've mentioned a few times in the podcast. Yeah. Hey, guys. Sam has, is blessing us with his presence today because we like to talk about stupid crap. And we thought he might actually elevate the conversation a little bit. Oh, I'm prepared to disappoint. <laughs> uh, excellent. Which yeah, will fit right in. <laughs> All right. So Sam uh, is an avid, uh, I don't know what you would call it, an avid fan of uh, the Tour de France and, and professional cycling in general. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. So after my wonderfully lengthy rambling of Celtic sports, I'm yes. fairly certain that this will be going <laughs> to ask you to agree with me, fucker. <laughs> so we'll start kind of basic. And why? What, what got you into the Tour de France? Um, I think like probably most people is, is just going out and riding your bike and having a great time and then doing more of that and getting that sense of, ooh, I can race. And then finding out you can't because you're fat and old and can't race. But uh, at least you can be a fan of people doing it. I just happened to cross it one time while I was on vacation uh, in Colorado of all places and saw it on TV. So I tried to watch it and realized I don't have a clue what's going on here. It, it looks like what does to everybody else of 180 guys out riding their bike for six hours every day for most of the month of July. And so it took several more years kind of getting into it and trying to watch it and like, Oh, there is actually stuff happening other than just a bunch of dudes riding their bike. Hmm. There's some sport involved and fun and there's some drama and, Kind of like so, any other sport you become a fan of and want to cheer people on. And so, so the first time you watched it, it looked like 180 sweaty guys just on their bicycles. And yet, yeah, mostly in like, one big group for like an like four hours straight, just all in a big bunch, just cruising through the backwoods of France. And oh, okay. So once the DVR was invented and you're able to fast forward through all that crap, <laughs> uh, the, the fandom became much easier and you can kind of check out the, the highlights and things is usually the better way to do it. But then there must have been a reason why you kept watching it, even though it seemed odd the first time why anybody would. I mean, what, what grabbed your attention the first time, do you recall? Uh, the first time, I think it was just it's something different. It's not football and basketball, and, you know, there's there's something there, and there's, you know, millions of dollars, and it's been a sport since 1903, so it's it, the tour has been around since 1903. Cycling's been around longer than that, obviously. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a reason that there's just bazillions of crazy, crazy fans. Uh, and I think there was probably some clip from some mountain climb that I saw where it was just the road was lined with thousands of people like six inches away from the cyclist just screaming at them, waving flags and just going berserk, probably drunk off their ass. And it's a little inspirational when you're out there, you know, trying to climb some tiny little hill that you think is a huge fucking mountain, thinking that, hey, this feels like the tour and then you watch the tour and like, oh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I was listening to a good podcast, uh, Freakonomics, I think, and, and they were talking to a dude from uh, England. So Great Britain, they're, they're doing fairly well. Yeah, Britain's kicking some ass. Uh, Team Sky has been just the powerhouse. Uh, there's a sprinter, Mark Cavendish, that recently has fallen off. It was the sprinter champion for a good long while, but yeah. Uh, Team Sky is one just back to back to back. It's mostly Team Sky, not just Britain generally. So what's a sprinter? Or that They don't all sprint? Depending on how you look at it, there's three or four races going on at the same time. So uh, yeah. go basic here. So, you know, you got 180, 190 guys. 
21, 22 teams of eight or nine people, depending on what's going on, start. It's a 21-day or 21-stage race over 23 days. So there's two rest days in there where you actually get to take a break. And, of course, the, the race is to win, and you try to be the shortest time over 21 stages you can be. Um, and that person wins the yellow jersey and wins the race and is the champion, stands on the top of the podium. Oddly, Chris Froome, who won, I, I, I want to say it was 2017, he didn't win a single stage throughout the entire race. So, no, he just really. did better overall. I yeah. Gotta... yeah. So when 180 people, somebody different can win every day, but one guy ends up never winning, but winning the overall because his time is better than everybody else's. So that's wow. general classification. That's what everybody goes for. Then there's a sprinter's race kind of going on as well. There's four jerseys available. The yellow jersey is the leader of the race or the winner. Green jersey is sprints. So there's points available on different stages. So like at the halfway point or somewhere where there's flat section, all the sprinters will get together and their teams will lead them out and try to see who can be the fastest over a short distance to get those points. And then they back off. And if there's a mountain or anything on the stage, they typically fall way behind on the general classification because they can't climb the mountains as easy as the the GC guys, uh, GC being general classification. There's a polka dot jersey, which is for the king of the mountains. So there's points at the top of big mountains. <laughs> king um, of the mountain. Yep. And they wear a polka dot jersey, a white jersey with red polka dots on it. So not not the manliest of jerseys, but See, he uh, sounds like the manliest of uh, things to do to win. Yeah, and right. and they give yeah. you, well, if anybody can pull this off, it's <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's that guy, <laughs> Macho right. Pierre. And then there's the white jersey, which is the best young rider. So it's the 23 and under, I think it is, with the shortest amount of time. Uh, the cobbles are really fun because that's northern France. You mean like the, the jumpy, jittery? Literally a stone buried in the mud, rounded top. <laughs> uh, and to watch the that stage is just brutal. These guys are just – you can see the bike like a jackhammer. Oh, man. They're dirty and dusty and muddy, and if it rains, they're slippery. So Sam like Vimes a, would do well on, on that particular – Yeah, 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 exactly. He knows the cobbles really well. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, his boots are probably not – ideal for wearing on a, a race bike because you're clipped in so does the uh the, the course changes every year it does i have to look it up i think they just announced the 2019 stages so that's a big thing in cycling because when that gets announced it's starting to pick who goes to the tour next year and of course the tour is the big thing even though there's three three grand tours three big multi-day tours the tour de france is the big one and so in each in each team, there's people that have specialties. Some teams will have a sprinter or two. Some teams will have two or three GC guys. But there's usually one person they're supporting um, and is the team leader. And they'll have two or three or four guys that will work their butts off to get them and keep them safe and keep them in the front um, so that that GC guy doesn't have to be up front working his butt off the entire three weeks. But these guys are, are fairly decent being teammates because it sounds like one guy gets most of the glory. Almost a badge of honor. There was uh, uh, there was somebody on the BMC team and that was on Radio Shack with Lance uh, who was a domestique, they call him. So, I mean, that was his whole job was to just protect, go out and attack early to throw other teams off so they'd have to respond and burn themselves out chasing him, work their ass off in order to get somebody else to win. He retired being known as one of the best domestiques out there, and he took that as a badge of honor. And uh, he was one of my favorites early, early in my time watching the tour. The the uh, domestique wouldn't be George. In Cappy. Yep. Yep. Okay. Good call. Thank you. Uh, I actually got to see him riding uh, in person out in California. That was that was really cool. He was leading the group up this big hill that 
they were riding up the hill faster than I could ride down it. My favorite cyclist of all time, professional cyclist. I was going to actually, I, that's one of my questions I had written down and we got sidetracked because I, the USA guy from about 20 years ago, that was really good. Well, there's Greg LeMond from back in the, in the 80s. That's who I'm thinking of. Is that not yeah. it? No, that's not who I'm going to talk about. But Greg LeMond was one of the big, he was the first American to win the tour. Uh, big name, but nobody in America really knew much about him because it was cycling and nobody paid attention. But we were talking about the different races within the tour. Yeah. Um, and the sprinters is, I mean, I'm talking 38, 39, 40 miles an hour on flat ground, throwing everything they got at the bike, throwing elbows, throwing shoulders into each other to get their wheel across the line first. It's just so much fun to watch. But on a sprint stage, that's where the DVR comes in really handy because you fast forward through to the last about six minutes of the stage because most of the rest of it just as 180 guys in a big group riding their bike. And then just watch some of these guys come around the back end of the, the lead out. And then Peter Sagan is my, my current favorite cyclist, and he's, he's super popular. He's won the Tours Sprint jersey for several years in a row. One of the most winningest – winningest? That's a, that's a word, right? Winning. <laughs> um, winning. Yeah. Well, the most winning – sprinters out there right now uh it's so much fun to watch and he'll just blast around everybody and come out of nowhere from way behind his team's all gone like he's by himself but he's following some other sprinter until they finally kind of crap out a little bit and he'll come around them and beat them and just the personality to watch him when he wins and talk and uh, he goofs around on the bike he'll come across pulling a wheelie if he's winning the stage he'll pull a wheelie and, and to go across the finish line. <laughs> one year he was doing a different champion pose for each finish like one was a gorilla and then he did like a superman pose and just trying to be nice and and a good natured kind of a sportsman you know having a good time with it but also kicking everybody's ass you know the gc guys get all the headlines and of course you're watching that because it's 21 days of them fighting each other but it comes down to a sprint stage and it's five or six guys and their teams trying to figure out who can win and it's just for that stage win. And that green jersey, it's, they wear different colored jerseys if they win certain things. And the green jersey is the sprinter's jersey. So Peter, Peter's won that several years. There was some controversy, uh, not last year, but the year before, 2017, I think it was, that he got disqualified and everybody was up in arms about it. And it looked like he'd elbowed some guy into the barrier and knocked the guy out. And he, Mark Cavendish was the other guy and broke his collarbone. And they disqualified Peter. And then you watch the video and like, oh, uh, no, he, he didn't actually elbow him into anything. He, they were just riding. Damn it. I already minted so many stupid sports that aren't popular. Here's another. Thanks, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> and Peter's not that fast, but Peter can go over the mountains and then still win a stage, uh, which most sprinters can't do. He can win on a, a pretty hilly stage, and he'll just take off out of nowhere sometimes. And you're like, oh, shit. Why, why is he even – like he has no no gain from this other than to show off and make like two points in a competition he's 150 points ahead in. But he's going to do it because it's <laughs> Peter on TV, and Peter likes to be on TV. <laughs> it's not like uh, IndyCar racing or NASCAR where you actually get to see him go by a bunch of times. Like you're standing there, they go by, and you're done. Great. Like, by the time I drive to the finish line, it's going to be over. So watching in person is really, really kind of tough. Yeah. Is it dangerous to watch in person? Because I have watched a few minutes here and there, and it seems like they're right there on the road sometimes. Most of them are drunk, running along beside you and shouting yeah. at you. And <laughs> well, yeah, how does that work when they make it worse? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cyclists have you know, shoved and I'd thrown a, almost a punch and been entertaining to watch. So you're, are, are you also saying that you're never going to do it? 
if I thought I had a chance in hell, I, I would, I would give up, I'd give up a testicle to try to, to ride it. <laughs> Why not I, Lance I mean, did? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I've ridden 112 miles in a day and I, I, I felt that these guys are riding 120 to 100 and sometimes 140 or 50 miles in a day for 21 days out of 23. Wow. A bazillion different weekend warriors that can go out and do whatever they want, either just ride a hundred miles or try to race. There's some, there's some actual amateur three and four day tours you can try to do with it. Uh, James, you got to experience me just stinking it up at a, a criterium, which is a really short track in a city, usually around a block or three or four blocks. And everybody's just hammering as hard as they can for 30 or 40 minutes. I, I made it, what, seven and a half minutes, maybe. Waved me off saying, oh, you're too slow. Get out of the way. Well, yeah, that was your first one, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right. got to be weird. Like, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Well, and I hit that first, and it's it's hard turns. It's everybody bunched up, making a left turn really fast. Don't tap the brakes, but you want to tap the brakes. And if you don't tap the brakes, the guy in front of you taps the brakes. You're both screwed. And I'm too old to be hitting the pavement at 30 <laughs> miles an hour anymore. <laughs> Getting too old for this crap, Riggs. Yeah. So. I get to watch a race. I walked down to the uh, Scottish bar and had a pint or two while I was waiting for you to start. So it was a good day yep. for me. So I, for one, could give a rat's ass less that Lance Armstrong dope simply because everybody was doing it and his team just happened to be the best. Now, I, I am against doping. I'd rather there not be doping in baseball, cycling, anything. But it sounds like you have opinions. <laughs> So you can't talk to anybody who's ever clipped into their pedals on a bike that doesn't have some sort of opinion on plants. I think the biggest thing that comes out of all these stories and there's movies and specials on it. And I've watched some of them in the interviews is just the almost evilness that he approached it with. He, he manipulated people and forced people and cajoled people into doing it to help him, you know, his teammates do it. You got Floyd Landis that came out and said he did it. Uh, he's got other teammates who didn't say a word. Um, a couple of them have been were riding professionally into the you know, almost 2010, 2011 season, still as professional cyclists well after Lance was out and had been kicked out and who probably did with him because if you don't hang with Lance who's doping if you're not doping because if nobody was doping, Lance would probably still have been one of the best cyclists out there, uh, which is why I kind of agree with you, James, that he just – he was the best cyclist, but everybody was doping. So in some ways it was almost an even – playing field but then you hear some of the stories about him during the tour meeting his doctor in a dark parking lot in somewhere in nowhere France and forcing three of his teammates to go with him and and do these different drugs and different techniques to to improve performance under threat and under like you're going to lose your contract and you'll never cycle again and uh, I mean like 18 19 year old guys the only chance of having a career is to do this and if they don't they're screwed forever I think wow. that's where he kind of crossed the line of, and then on top of that, just blatantly going out in front of the media saying, I'm not doping, like fighting it so hard until he sits down with Oprah and, oh, uh, yeah, I did. Nobody was shocked by that revelation. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were shocked that he admitted it. Like he had fought it so hard for so long. But realistically, if nobody doped, probably would have ended up a significant champion anyway. Um, he did so much for cycling, bringing fans, especially American fans in, because very few people gave a shit about cycling before he was big in America. I mean, you've got some, some fairly famous cyclists back back in the 80s 
nobody really watched it. Like we knew about it, we heard about it, but you didn't watch it on Sunday afternoon. Like, you know, the football's on, why am I going to watch cycling? Right. Well, it's kind of like soccer. A lot like soccer, but I still don't know anything about soccer because I think it's silly. So, <laughs> but I know a lot of people think cycling is silly too. So I, I'll acknowledge it's a good thing for some people, just not, not for me. To me, it doesn't matter what sport it is. It, 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 it takes something to do that, you know, and cycling something I can't do. I mean, right. I, last, I don't remember when the last time was I was on a bike. Out of 180, if 178 were doping, at what point is it cheating versus is it just trying to survive and, and compete? Because if everybody else is doping and I don't, even if I'm actually a better cyclist than them, I'm going to lose. It, it wasn't bothering me, but I did not know about his shoveling it down his teammates. Yeah. There, well, and, and again, it's he said, she said, he said kind of thing that one of his teammates and his wife were chalking it up to he was just a manipulator and – um, so how much of that is legitimate versus their perception? Or um, them trying to make themselves look better. It, it's just a tough conversation. And it does. It flashes back to the home run controversy in baseball. Yeah. yeah. Were they or were they not? At that yeah. time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they all weighed, you know, 50 pounds, 70 pounds more than they did two years ago. Yeah. So do you have any cool cycling stories of your own? You, you said you've gone out. Besides getting the picture of uh, George. <laughs> Right. I've, I've ridden up some big mountains out in California and had some fun with that. I'm, I, I wouldn't even say I race, but I've done, you know, hundred mile rides in a day and uh, there's some pretty cool ones out in California and I've done a couple here in Indiana and it's, it's just a, a really cool experience to go out and spend that much time on a bike. Also a bit painful and sore and you, you feel it for three or four days. Sometimes that's where you get that just kind of pushing yourself and seeing like, Oh, I'm tired at 35 miles. I've got 65 miles to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> For folks that don't know, a lot of a lot of the cyclists have pedals where you clip your shoe into them so you're connected to it, pull up and push down at the, on, on the pedal both. And, of course, the biggest fear of all cyclists riding clipped in is that I'm going to fall over because I don't unclip uh, when you come to a stop. Um, I had a buddy of mine out in California, and I won't throw his name out there, Nelson, but um, <laughs> Nelson uh, – did the 100-miler with me, and we pulled up to the very first rest stop. I'm going to say 150 cyclists who, who paid, you know, 80 bucks to be in this ride. Middle of nowhere, you pull up, and there's drinks and snacks and stuff available for you, and just everybody's hanging out. And I managed to beat Nelson to the first rest stop, and, and he comes rolling up, and he's looking for me, and I wave at him so he knows I'm there and figure he's going to stop. He waves and slows down and slows down, and he's in the middle of eight different – people getting on or off their bikes and sure enough he's looking me dead in the eye and he just comes to a dead stop and you can just see the panic in his eyes his foot doesn't come off the pedal <laughs> oh man and he just slowly falls to his right and lands and of course when you land your feet pop out of the pedals <laughs> and he gets up and the look on his face is just sheer of course embarrassment and there was not a single person that laughed out loud because every single one of us have not unclipped appropriately and landed on our side on a bike oh man so everybody's like hey it's all right man and he got up and we finished the ride that that's that's why cycling is pretty cool uh, of course when you're out driving and you see all these cyclists out there you're going to run into cyclists that are idiots and maybe james if you let me have a moment on a soapbox to talk about interacting with cyclists hey i've got a beer go ahead so yes cyclists some of us are assholes some of us ride our bikes like idiots and some of us get in your way while you're out driving but most of us are out there just trying to survive. And if you and I end up in a tussle, you in a car and me on a bike, I'm going to come out on the losing end. 
all we ask is for a little space. And when you come across one of us, it's being a jerk. Give us a little extra space and chalk it up to us being a jerk. I, I've been passed by soccer moms driving their SUV at 20 miles an hour over the speed limit, not giving me any space and probably looking at their phone and saw my life flash in front of my life, in front of my eyes so that little Timmy can get to soccer practice on time. And I got news for you. Little Timmy's not that good. He can, he can miss five minutes of practice. <laughs> Little I've also seen I'm going to get a scholarship to a Big Ten school. <laughs> right. But I've also seen groups of cyclists like ride out into the road and then one guy stops, puts his hand up to stop traffic so the rest of the dudes can pull out onto the highway. Yeah, fuck those guys. I'm just out there trying to get a workout in and enjoy the day. And I try to pick roads that stay out of your way as much as I can. But you can't ride on the sidewalks because then you're knocking over little ladies and you're a jerk. You ride on the road, you're in their way, you're in a jerk. There's no winning if you're a cyclist some days and – let us have our ride. Sounds fair. I hate seeing cyclists be jerks as much as I hate seeing drivers being jerks. But I've actually had people, I, I've had cars swerve at me. I've had, uh, had some hillbillies actually throw a water, bo- water bottle at me. I've also had people that give me more room than they need to and give me a big wave and thumbs up. And you know, one of the coolest things, riding up some giant hill and dying and I don't want to do this anymore. And somebody coming down the mountain the other way sticks their hand out the window and gives you a big thumbs up. It's kind of cool having people cheer for you. Yeah. Nice. You let me go on, I'll go on for as long as you want me to go on about <laughs> Well, but. so I will interrupt and ask, you cycle, and you said you, you mentioned a kit and your strap-on shoes and, and everything. <laughs> yeah, I have a sense of where this is going, so. How much would it cost for somebody to start? Just basic, real easy, just if you okay. wanted to do it, uh, you know, real light on your own or, or with a very amateur beginner group. Gotcha. Um, that's not where I thought you were going with this. So. <laughs> I know a strap on probably threw you off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, well, yeah, that, that too. But I figured you're going to make fun of me for wearing the uh, bright flashy jerseys with the pockets on the back and wearing the clippy shoes and to go buy a soda when I get to the end of a ride. Yeah. I'm that guy sometimes. No, if I but, make uh, fun of anything, it's going to be that stupid helmet you all wear. <laughs> <laughs> Cycling's like everything. You can spend what you want. Like you can spend ridiculous, stupid amount of money on stuff. I'd recommend going with something like a, a normal, not a normal, a, a well-known bike name, like Specialized, Trek, Cannondale, one of the big names, but they all have entry-level aluminum frame bikes. Remember, this was, you know, 1999, 2000. I bought one for about $700. Um, I don't think there are a lot more now for entry-level, but the phrase $700 for a bike scares a lot of people. <laughs> um, so I get that. You can get different types of bikes and just go to your bike shop and talk to them about getting started. But you don't have to clip in, uh, especially starting off. Don't just, you can buy the, the pedals that have like a, a strap over the top to hold your foot in place, but it's easy to get in and out of, and you don't have to worry about being clipped to anything. And then a helmet and you can wear kind of whatever you want. But of course, actual bike shorts actually do make a difference and good carbon, you know, entry level carbon bikes going to be $1,500, $2,000. And you can spend three, $4,000 on a bike if you want to not get into the crazy stuff. Top end bikes, professional level bikes are 10, 11, $12,000. Never ridden one. No idea what those feel like. I'm sure they're amazing, but I'm not dropping that kind of coin. <laughs> spend some money on a saddle, something, the, the seat, because that's what is going to kill you. You got to have a helmet, not super safety guy, but you got to have a helmet. I've wiped out multiple times, and every time the helmet's been – there's at least one time it probably saved my life. So have a good helmet, and by good, I mean something other than just the really cheap go to a garage sale and buy somebody's <laughs> helmet. Uh, but even the Bell helmets they sell at Walmart, at least you're safer that way. 
maybe a pair of gloves. Gloves are good because it takes some of the vibration out when you're on the handlebars. And if you do wipe out, you got some protection for your hand if you hit the ground. The really fun part is when you get into triathlon, you have three sports worth of gear that all has to match. The trunks aren't really much, right, when you swim? <laughs> you can buy, well, because you wear the same things on the bottom that you wear in the swim. You wear the same thing on the bike and the run, usually, because, James, you've seen me do a race, and we're out there for the world to see, so you're not dropping pants to change your pants. Yeah, true. Well, I'm not. There are probably people that might, but. Well, I do know the last one I went to watch you in, there were a couple people and were kind of jogging in their Speedos. Oh, yeah, Speedos so, are acceptable. I, I guess they didn't really drop trowel, but they, yeah. they – showing, showing your balls is a different level than wearing a Speedo. I uh, disagree. I I'm disagree. not going to jog in my neighborhood with the Speedo on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to see me in a Speedo anyway, so it's – That is an accurate and very true statement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to see me in a Speedo, so let's just – <laughs> now I'm picturing Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> hey. Jody in a Speedo in front of the mirror. <laughs> I'd fuck me so hard. <laughs> you know, when you guys invited me to do this, this, this is exactly what I figured would happen. And this is, this is the quality, the, the commitment to excellence in this podcast is, is why I agreed to do it. Conversations about Jody in a Speedo, you know, that... Uh. Like, you can't get better than that. It's what the fans are clamoring to hear about. <laughs> yes. Well, I told me. I know that. four of the four fans. So, <laughs> I, Jody would have been the one that was on the fence, and he just acknowledged that he's not a fan of that. So, well, I was going to go into uh, do you remember the Simpsons episode where Homer's on the treadmill with <laughs> Muller and Scully? <laughs> but, but Jody's not as big as Homer. Uh, no. Congratulations, Jody. Yes, thanks. <laughs> well, cool, Sam. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I'd say you can keep going on, but I'll probably already delete a couple of the, your anecdotes. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I'll be offended if 90% of what I said gets cut because, uh, like I said, I, I can talk about it all day, and I, it, it's just a lot of fun to do, to watch, and uh, it's a sport that people don't give a lot of credit to. It's just so more involved than people think, and I get why it's boring because it's literally five and six hours of just a bunch of guys riding in a big group. So DVR, fast forward to the exciting stuff and give it a shot. Go out for a bike ride yourself. And and you get to drink a lot after, because I know I've met up with you at Buffalo Wild Wings after you've gone for a bike ride <laughs> and you need to eat 3000 calories while you're sitting. Well, there. there, there's some advantage there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You go, you know, you do go to the gym for 30 minutes. You're burning maybe six, 700 calories. You, um, I go, at least I go for a run for a half hour, 40 minutes. I'm maybe burning seven or 800 calories. I ride my bike for four hours on a Saturday and I just burnt 2,500 calories. So, wow. And that's, I'm eating while I'm going and I'm still way behind for the day. So yeah, I can, I can have one hell of a nice bacon, double cheeseburger and not feel too bad about it at that point. Bastard. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I may have to take up cycling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, beer and, and rum take up a lot of those calories pretty quick, but. Uh, oh yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a fair trade. I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, Sam, we, we appreciate this. This kicks ass. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for having me on. And it's been a lot of fun. So uh, we'll let everybody go, and we'll see you next week. So until then, I'm James. I'm Jody. And I'm Sam. <laughs> Bye. Later. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes.
So yeah, you can record too if you want. So you know, you have your <laughs> side of what we talk about. <laughs> I, I can refute your uh, assumptions about my uh, lack of knowledge of all things cycling. Right? I was relieved to see it can be just audio, so I don't have to put pants on too. So that's nice. Uh, had a drink yet tonight? Absolutely. <laughs> just a couple beers, or do you have your rum and Mountain Dew? Code Red? Uh, rum and Mountain Dew. I got a beer now. I got the uh, dunk hole that you picked up for me. Oh, nice. So, yeah. There yeah, go. we're going to have a barley wine, too, so we're just going to go up that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I am finishing off the last of my Warlock. That's all right. I think we mostly bullshit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we just <laughs> make it sound like we know what we're doing. I picked up on that a little bit. I, I, I may have noticed. <laughs> what you don't hear are the lines that are just so utterly over the top that even <laughs> I take them out. <laughs> it's interesting to know that you do cut some things then. That's, oh, oh, that's the edited version. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just I want to point out that that may have started in 1903, but America's pastime of Major League Baseball started in 1876. So... <laughs> The French Did can fuck all stop for World War One and World War Two. Well, no, because they they didn't. You know, we didn't have to worry about the running shoes that all the Frenchmen suddenly bought. <laughs> <laughs> the hell of the North is the is the race that is its own race just on cobbles. It, it's just a brute to watch. Because it's small enough, I can carry it with me to lunch now, and uh, <laughs> that's what I said. Kind of glad I don't have one of those mics clipped to my shirt and I go off to the bathroom you guys hear me taking a whiz and sing a little song hear the hear it hitting the water splashing <laughs> you're an cake eroding eroding <laughs> nothing uh, like talking about your personal life on the uh, world wide web right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the four listeners you have may be shocked to hear some facts. <laughs> you got another one sweet <laughs> uh, I figure, right. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking jenny will listen to this at some point oh there you go so that that's our fourth <laughs> <laughs> wants to complain about me being wrong, please feel free to email James and Jody. <laughs> Somebody gets hurt in professional sports. No, please, right, Duchess. Right. Let's not have that. Yeah. Yep. And I never told folks where I was going, uh, how you guys were when you were kids, but I'd leave a note saying I'll be back by, you know, dark tomorrow. And yeah. that was acceptable. <laughs> yeah, if I left a note, right. I literally remember one night, one day I left a note when I left in the morning saying, I've gone to find myself, be back soon. That was the note I left for my mother. Like, had that, had I had a flat tire in the middle of nowhere, Park County that day, uh, I, I could have died from exposure, sun, you know, sunstroke, whatever. And that would have been the last words to my mother. So she, she probably that? thought you were going out. I know your mom. She probably thought you were going out to get a high. <laughs> yeah. I think I disappointed her when I came back just doing a bike ride. <laughs> The Olympian gods were just looking out for me that day or yeah I, I was yeah yeah I, I cashed in all of my karma that day and that's why I've had such bad luck since I don't know uh, <laughs> hi Jenny how you doing <laughs> oh yeah hi Jenny I mean except for that I've had terrible luck since thought Jody was jumping in a second ago and I, I thought I interrupted so I was being quiet for a change to see if yeah and, and Jody and I both didn't know what to make of that so we shut our mouths because like oh what's going on yeah <laughs> James, shut up for a minute. What's what's happening? <laughs> you hit pause on the record a while back, right? Nope.